I got a question for my locked on USC viewers. Can a freshman win the Heisman Trophy? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation and really help the show. It means a lot. If you're watching on YouTube, become a subscriber. It's easy. It's free. And when you see that thumbs up, smash it. Make it go down. Hit it hard. And I don't want you to miss an episode one time. Hit that bell notification button. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash lockdown and get started. Here's a uh, Zachariah, Zachariah Branch stat for everyone. In 14 games last season, USC posted 93 punt return yards. Last night, or excuse me, two nights ago against uh, San Jose State, Branch had 66 yards in punt returns. First of all, I need I want to give credit to Antonio Morales from the uh, from the Athletic for tweeting out that stat. That's an amazing number. That's how poor USC was in the punt return game last year. So I'm going to put the the Zach speak hyperbole to bed until after the Nevada game. However, again, that stat speaks volumes. I, I mentioned on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC, my everyday listeners, viewers, you're going to remember this. Um, remember, besides the kickoff return for a touchdown, Zachariah nearly had two earlier punt returns that looked like he could have broke them off. And then that, that, punt return that he had after the kickoff return, I think he was still catching his breath. <laughs> so the future is very bright for Zachariah. When you got a quarterback like Caleb Williams, there's a good chance. Um, look, he could be in New York with Caleb. Scary thought. You're going to get the production from him on special teams. We're going to see how much his wide receiver involvement ramps up in this next game. So speaking of wide receiver production, if you check out the, the rundown for day, today's show, I'm giving out position group grades. We're going to start with the offense in segment one. Segment two, the defense. I'm not going to give those guys a letter grade because it would be ugly. They're going to get a pass, no pass. But the offensive group, we're going to start with letter grades. Now, as far as um, the wide receivers, Zachariah, he finished with four catches for 58 yards, and he also had the touchdown. And the rest of the wide receiver uh, production, it was pretty balanced. I mean, Zach, Zachariah, got a, just a reminder, everybody, he would like to be referred to as Zachariah, not Zach. So if you hear me shortening it, catch me, stop me, don't let me get in the habit. However, Zachariah and Dorian Singer led the team with uh, four receptions each. Taj Washington led the team with 85 yards 
in receptions. He did that in two catches. We know one of them was a 76-yard touchdown. Uh, Deuce Robinson, the freshman, he was targeted six times, which led the team. And again, I mentioned Taj Washington. Now, if um, if Caleb took a bad sack near the end of the first half, then it means his wide receivers, at least, because this is something I kind of noticed, and it wasn't the only time. I don't think the wide receivers were getting the easy separation that they that they were hoping for. Part of that had to do with San Jose State's coverage. So because of that, um, I'm not going to knock the group too hard. Again, well-balanced. Everybody was involved. Um, and you're going to see you're going to see this group continue to get better as the season goes on. So as far as I'm concerned, letter grade, I'm giving them a solid B. They didn't do anything that, that I think should warrant a lower grade. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to the running backs. So Marshawn, let me just go over these numbers real quick here. You had Austin Jones, six rushes, 54 yards, uh, two touchdowns. And he had a he had a long run of 37 yards. Marshawn Lloyd, he led all running uh all rushers with attempts at nine. He had 42 yards. He also added a 12-yard pass reception. And then you had Quinton Joyner, the freshman, five rushing attempts, 34 yards. He's special. He's gonna be special. Darwin Barlow, he had two runs for 12 yards. And let's see, who, what else? Even even the uh, walk-on, Matt Colombo, he got in the action. One rush, seven yards. Miller Moss, he also had his one for four. It was a touchdown, by the way. Now, as far as the running back group itself, uh, Marshawn Lloyd, really impressive. I mentioned he had the uh, he led the team with nine touches. He also had the uh, one reception for 12 yards. On one of Quentin Joyner's runs, and it was in the it was in the La Victoria red zone. Marshawn Lloyd, um, he had a declater, a beautiful block. Uh, one of the Spartan defenders, I, maybe he wasn't. He was kind of, maybe he had his eyes into the backfield and wasn't paying attention. But it was right before uh, Quentin cut the cut the run back to the left, and literally it was just a beautiful declater by Marshawn Lloyd. He just lifted the guys up. And caked him. Travis Dye would have been really proud of this block. On that same play, by the way, uh, freshman left guard, Alani Noah, he was pulling to the right. That was the direction the play was supposed to go. Um, he locked up his assignment as well. So I can see why he's pushing uh, for that starter's role. But I wanted to really focus on that running play because there was so much good on it, starting with Marshawn Lloyd blocking as well as the offensive line, and it allowed uh, Quentin Joyner to have a pretty nice pickup in the red zone. I believe that, I also believe that run set up uh, Austin Jones. I think it was his first touchdown run. Now, Austin Jones, um, the rushing attack, I mentioned he had 54 yards, and he did that on only six carries. That's nine yards per pop. I'm going to give the running back group overall an A grade. I thought, of the offensive groupings, they were solid. Caleb, Miller Moss, Malachi Nelson, they did nothing to hurt the team's chances. Uh, although I do feel like I'm going to be a little vindictive here. 
uh, and ding their grade uh, as a group because of all the running by the quarterbacks. I just thought it was unnecessary. You do not need to see Caleb Williams running read option in game one against San Jose State. And as I mentioned, I know the results show touchdown, but um, I'm going to knock Caleb a little bit uh, because that was a perfect snap from Justin Dedick. Hit him right in the hands, right at the waist. Come on, Caleb, stay in the game. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm kidding. You, you saw what happened even when he muffed the, the snap. And then you had Miller Moss, that perfect dime on that 35-yard pass to, to Deuce Robinson over the middle. And then, again, the design run for the touchdown. Why? So quarterbacks you guys get and uh, B-plus, A-minus, somewhere in there. The offensive line, look, this is a really hard group to grade because of so much shuffling and rotating that was going on. 13 offensive linemen played in the game, and I, le and I learned this from Eric McKinney on Monday, that Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson, they sent the same offensive line group out on back-to-back -back series just one time. Um, and that didn't even happen until the sixth or seventh series of the game. It's hard to find that consistency with an offensive line with that type of rotation. But I did see some good stuff. Um, so despite not having a chance to get comfortable, the, the group itself, uh, and I do agree with Lincoln Riley uh, that they have more starters than backups, so that's why they were doing so much rotating. That's a good thing. Uh, eventually, though, I they they got to settle in on their five starters, and they need to do that before the Stanford game. I'm going to give the offensive line a B, again, because they can only do what the coaches allow them to do, and I don't know if the coaches were being fair. It, it, it's as far as showing what the group can do uh, if they play for more than one series of time. The tight ends, look, it looks like they're going to get eased into the offense again this season. Uh, it was great seeing Lake McCree and uh, Jude Wolf on the field at the same time. Lake, look, he had three catches for 36 yards. One of them was a 22-yard gain. I'll give the group a B. So there you go. There's your offensive line grades. First report card out for the season. Agree, disagree. I'm sure there's some people out there who think they're the smartest man in the room and there'll be some disagreements. That's great. Just make your case and don't sound like a jerk about it in the comments. You're out there, guys. You know who you are. And some of you might want to seek some, uh, some online therapy because this, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com forward slash locked on college and get on your way to being your best self. Look, we've all been there. You get to that fork in the road and you're faced with some tough choices and you're unsure of, you know, which path should you follow? So look, whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and with some excitement. Sometimes just talking about it with someone can help bring clarity to the situation. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist 
and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash locked on college today and you're going you're gonna to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P like Paul.com forward slash locked on college. College football season is here. We just got done with week zero, and the season of locked and this season locked on is picking up our coverage. Each Friday, locked on will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every locked on YouTube channel, including this one. Locked on college football live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only locked on can, including. Insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And just to make sure your interest is totally peaked, this Friday, I'll be on at 8.25 a.m. Eastern on this show Friday. All right, we're going to give the uh, defense some grades. And uh, I'm going to peel back the layers a little bit, grade the defense. But rather than give everyone a low passing grade, I don't know if any group deserved higher than a D. I take that back. There was one position group that I probably would have given in the C range. Everybody else, D. There was no failing grades. However, we're just going to go with a pass, no pass. I know some of you are saying, hey, Mark, you're kind of, you're kind of riding the fence on this one a little bit. Well, again, I'm taking into consideration the scheme and all the player rotations that were going on, trying to find who they have on the team. So we'll, after this week against Nevada, I'll move the, the defense into a letter grade. The D-line, I'm just going to start up front. Where else should we start? But in the trenches. I'm going to ask, the, this is a rhetorical question. You tell me what you saw. Did the did the defensive line, did they get pushed around or was Bay Alexander and company creating a push up the middle? For me, the bright spot on the defensive line, I thought Stanley Taufo played well. I thought Elijah Hughes played early in the game, and he made a really nice impact. Um, this is what Riley had to say after the game. He showed up on the defensive front. He had a big tackle for loss. He even got held, or he would have had a second one on his very first play he was in there. He was one of the guys that we were watching on Sunday, on Sunday when we were watching film that we were pretty excited about. Uh, overall, the defense had seven tackles for loss, but they only generated one sack, and that was a combination between Solomon Bird and Max Williams. I have a question. Uh, where was Dejon Benton and Sam Green? Both got DMPs next to their names. Here's the thing. Stop the shifting, Alex Grinch. Stop putting your guys in a position where the offensive the guys on offense, they just see a big hole to run through. You brought in bigger, stronger, faster players up front. 
Let's use them and those abilities and stop taking them out of the play. I hated watching the everybody line up and then all of a sudden make a shift to the left or a shift to the right. And then when the ball snapped, they're running the ball to the empty space. It's not rocket science. <coughs> Excuse me. So again, I'm... What I saw from the players when they were in position, they made plays. When they were taken out of position, bad things happen. I'm reluctant, but I'm going to give them a pass, all things considered. The linebackers. Okay, look. Uh, according to PFF, Pro Football Focus, Mason Cobb had one missed tackle. Freshman Tackett Curtis had two. Tackett started at linebacker, and I think most people would agree he's going to be special, but he probably got that start more because of who the opponent was, as well as Eric Gentry not being completely 100% healthy. So when you go back and look at how the defense performed when Eric Gentry was in the game, let me break this down for you, because these are some interesting numbers. Here are the results of USC's defense uh, when he was in there playing linebacker. He played on six drives. First one, three and out. Second one, three and out. Third one, it was a, uh, that one, two-minute touchdown drive, took four plays, 46 yards. We know which drive that was. Then he got in there again, three and out. Another three and out. And then he was in there for a six-play, 20 yards, and I believe... They got a, a first down on that drive. So there you go. Uh, there's a reason why Eric Gentry is going to be a starting linebacker. And he's going to be starting with Mason Cobb. I have a feeling both of those guys will be starting on Saturday when they when Nevada comes to town. Rajon Davis, he only played six snaps. But again, he was one of the higher graded players using the PFF system. Someone... I don't know what that system is. I don't understand their algorithm. I'm going to give the linebackers a pass. Um, with that said, they need to stay in their gaps, especially if they're going to be running these exotic blitz packages. If you're an inside linebacker, you cannot get outside the hashes. Stay inside the hash. The rush ends. I liked what I saw from uh, from this group. Anthony Lucas. Um, I, and I really liked what I saw from Jamil Muhammad. He just missed getting a sack. He was he probably would have forced a fumble uh, because when he did get there that one time where he drove the, the quarterback into the ground and forced an incompletion, one step sooner and that's a fumble. Russians overall, look, I'm going to give that group, I'm going to give them a pass. I, like a, They were probably the more impressive of the two groups that stand, you know, they're on the line of scrimmage between the defensive line and the Russians. The safeties. Kalen Bullock, uh, again, using PFF, they said he had 50 coverage snaps. During that time, only one catch went against him, and it went for six yards. Uh, Kalen is still, look, I'm going to leave it alone. 
game one, maybe he was trying to cover up for some of the other players out there that maybe he saw some stuff that was going on. Christian Roland Wallace, Bryson Shaw, uh, they finished as the top two defensive fac facts overall in coverage grade. Jalen Smith, Sierra Wright, and Damani Jackson, though, they finished with the team's top three tackling grades. And Jackson had the group's best run defensive grade. This is according to PFF. My grading system is what my eyes tell me. Max Williams, really solid. And that includes that breakdown and that cover two fiasco that he was paired up with uh, Damani Jackson. I don't understand that call. Hopefully we don't see it again, especially in the red zone. Bryson Shaw, Jalen Smith, and Christian Roland Wallace, I think will be the guys rotating in with Kalen and Max throughout the year. I'm giving the safeties a pass. The corners, this is my really, truly only negative grade. Getting a no pass. Look, Damani needs to make that interception when he gets these chances. That ball went right through his hands. Same thing happened last year in a game. Uh, Sia Wright, look, he got burned on the uh, on the deep touchdown where he also got called for a holding. That's going to happen. I have no problem with big plays. Cornerbacks, just shake it off, come back, play another down. But again, he was one of the defensive backs that was getting too handsies. Too handsy. In other words, had a holding call against him. Once again, you know, and I, I, it sounds like I'm making excuses. I'm not. But if we're talking about scheme, the secondary was they're they're put in too many feast or famine situations. When you're showing blitz and then you're asking the guys to now drop back into pass coverage on obvious passing downs, you're going to leave open spaces. And when you're going up against quarterbacks who've, who've got a lot of experience, they're going to take advantage of that. Siobhan Cordero is nowhere near the level of quarterback USC is going to face in a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix or a Cam Rising is healthy. We need to simplify the, the, the defense. The defense barely gets a passing grade. And I'm again, I'm allowing for some latitude because I'm considering the scheme. And they were going up in, against an experienced 60-year quarterback that I just mentioned who, who was taking what he was given. So, look, I'm, I'm anticipating a big improvement from game one to game two. Part of that is who they're going up against. But we need to see a lot of cleanup. Lincoln Riley said it after the game. Got a lot of work to do. But overall, look, I, I saw some better tackling. I, I saw better players on the field. I'm now just going to hope that they continue to get more comfortable as the season goes on in-game situations. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers for fan, from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you can bet $5 and you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5, you're going to get $100 off 
NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Hello, check that out. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from the spreads to player props and a whole lot more. So visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We're on to the third segment of the show. Look, I gave out my grades. Offense, defense. We need to improve on our report card for next week. We've got a whole week to get better against Nevada. What if... That's what we're going to talk about here in the third segment. Every Monday on over on WeRSC.com, I put out my column, what if. It's kind of a what if dot, dot, dot type of scenario. I call it my Monday's morass. Go check it out when you're done watching this episode of Locked on USC. Oh, by the way, we have a subscription special going on right now. Take advantage of it. One buck per month, $49.99 for the entire year. Everything you get here, though. For free, and that's why you make Locked On USC your first listen every day. Here we go. What if Lincoln Riley rotated too many players against San Jose State? Look, I, I think the numbers say it all. 71 guys played in that game. 43 players had 10 snaps or more. That's a lot of rotating. And not to mention Josh Henson's room, the offensive line. Six different offensive line groupings. That's too many. Following the win, this Coach Raleigh told the media, a lot of it was for positive reason. But we've got some things to sort out. We think we have multiple guys who are capable of being starters. This will be an interesting film to go back and look at to see how some of those guys did. I thought they settled in as the game went on. We've got to find out. We've got to find that right combination, which we will. Specifically at the offensive guard position, it will be interesting. There's going to be a lot of competition, end quote. I think it's, I think everyone would agree, too much rotating at the offensive line. But what if they didn't? You know, what if they just, you know, picked their starting five, stuck with it? Does that score go from 56 points to, does it jump to 63 or 70? Maybe. Here's another scenario. What if USC's defense was less complicated? <laughs> you heard my grades. But on the whole, I thought the defense played and looked much better than last season. But that's not a great glowing endorsement. Um, considering how poorly last year's defense looked. Here's what I saw. There were way fewer missed tackles. And when the defense wasn't shifting, the personnel was in the right spot at the right times, most of the time. So therein lies the issue. Does defensive coordinator Alex Grinch make things too complicated for his players on the field with his scheme? Against Nevada, they're going to have to look like they're playing one of the worst. They literally are going to have to look like they're playing one of the worst teams in the country. Just line up and stop asking players to be in a feast or famine situation. Okay. Here's another question that I asked. 
What if Caleb Williams runs the ball too much? When you have a generational talent that plays quarterback like Caleb Williams, the options are limited, are limitless. Literally, you you can do so much. And I'm not going to tell one of college football's best offensive play callers and developers of quarterbacks how to do his job. However, I do question why Caleb Williams and his body is being exposed and put into harm's way so early in the season. The last thing I wanted to see was USC's starting quarterback avoiding crashing into a metal bench on the opponent's sideline. The season is 15 games. Let's act like it. Here's one. What if USC's special teams are dangerous? You want to talk about a loaded question? Yes, they're dangerous. But to whom? USC or the opponent? I, I'm I'm being a little sarcastic there. Yes, USC special teams are dangerous. Here's what teams in the future, future teams on USC's schedule have to ask themselves. What are they going to do? Are you going to kick it to Zachariah Branch? Or are you just going to give USC the ball somewhere between the 25 and the 35-yard line? Because those are your options. Um, Riley, I, I said, you know, is USC's special teams, are they dangerous to themselves as well? Well, we all saw Lincoln Riley taking out some frustration on the officiating uh, on that onside kick attempt. I'm wondering if Lincoln, look, I talked about it on yesterday's episode. Lincoln Riley knows the rule book. But was it, was that frustration more about his guys not covering the onside kick the way they should have? Or was he just giving that tongue lashing to the officiating because they were there? Yes and yes. The question remains, what if USC had a full-time special teams coach? Would that have made a difference? I don't know. All I know is I don't want to see Lincoln Riley getting that animated with the officials because his guys did not recover an onside kick. I get it. It was a there were two areas that the officials could have fixed. One, the illegal contact because the ball wasn't live yet. And two, more importantly, San Jose State touched the ball first. So I think Lincoln Riley was taking it out on the officials for two reasons. One, because they suck, they stink, and they can't even get replay to get it, to correct it. And two, he was protecting his own guys from looking foolish out there. There you go. What if? This is what I ask every Monday after the game. I'm going to be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow, because that's what we do. We come at you five times a week. Make sure you're here. Don't forget, Friday, I'm going to be live, 8.25 a.m. It'll be Pacific Standard Time, 11.25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check that out. Until our next episode of Locked on USC, which is tomorrow, everyone, you know what to do.